Are you here with me, guys? I'm going to ask you quickly, I'm going to ask you this once. Please, let's limit all movement, unnecessary movement in the house. And I beg you, as I always do, give me your undivided attention. Are you here with me, Revival? I said this to Youth Revival, I think, a few months ago, maybe last year or so, and I said to them, listen, if you're from the country called Nigeria, you'll be called a Nigerian, yes or no? If you're part of this church called Spatnasian Revival, you are a revivalist. It doesn't matter how you look today. Let me tell you again, you are a revivalist. I want you to say to your neighbor that I, I am a revivalist. I'm so excited and I promise you, well, I'm going to stop saying this. Every time I say it, I'm not going to speak for long. I say it all the time that God slaps my mouth and makes me speak for long, but I will not speak for long today. Please, let's limit the movement. It's distracting me. You know, it's kind of a big room. So I'm going to ask you to bear with me because my voice is not the best. But as we was worshipping, I did say that there is a recreation that God is taking place, is doing in the midst of us here today. And let me tell you something, and before we get into God's word, I need you to understand this one thing. That God is not a respecter of persons. For whoever will be serious, for, for whoever will be willing and will make themselves a ready vessel for that which God wants to do, God will use them. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter even if you're ordained yet. Because there must be a shadow of who's to come. Mm. There must be the person that will occupy until the real person comes. There must be a Saul before the David. There must be a Judas before the disciple that would take his position. I need you to hear me today because, you see, if we are called revival, this is going to be a very deliberate work. Soldiers cannot entangle themselves with normal uh, um, civilian life. It cannot be. If we are going to bring life to the dead, you must first be dead to bring life. Are you here with me? So when we come here on a Sunday service, let me tell you, this back nation is not like the typical church. It's an apostolic church. It's a breeding ground for leaders. It's a breeding ground for those that would take the nation ahead of them. So when we come here, we, we speak at a manner and there's no time to be dragging people. You have to be ready. Everyone that comes into Spat Nation must be willing to get up and run. For many a times, God will equate this walk we have with Christ as a race. There's a prize and the person that will gain the prize must run this race according to its rules. There are certain disciplines. There are certain ways that we must offer our sacrifices to God. I will not come into God's presence on a Sunday. And ever allow what I'm wearing to hinder my worship of him. Never. No, the person that still does that does not yet know God. Because God can strip a man any day. 
So that's why someone like David, David, he didn't it didn't matter to him that he was a king. His kingship will not ever hinder his worship. Then you will ask yourself, why will God honor this man this way? Because this man only saw God. He didn't even see a kingdom. No, you didn't hear me. The reason why I know that we are about, and the reason why I told you to look around this room, is because I am not praying for revival any longer. I am the revival. Oh, no, you don't get it. I'm not a shadow. I'm the real deal. We're not going to be praying for something that we will always be praying for but never see. You are the revival that God has been looking for. So it is time and... I started praying and I was asking God all week. I was just praying, praying. And he said it very clearly that he's going to infill. He's going to pour his spirit like never before. Once again on the one that is thirsty. Because the genesis of every move, the genesis of every church is the Holy Spirit, not organization. So before we get up and running in the year 2019, today we must receive the, the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. Doesn't matter if you're an evangelist. Congratulations to those that ordained last week. Congratulations. Yes, clap for them. But let me tell you, without the Holy Spirit, it's just a title. Men became so one with the Holy Spirit that you don't even hear their title any longer. You don't even hear their title because their title didn't define them. Their name defined the title. So when we say that we are revivalists, every mountain, every field... That we will find ourselves in. People must know that we really are revivalists. That's why I work so well with Pastor Stephen. Is Listen, I don't care how you look. You don't, you don't have to say, this is me, this is that. Whatever filled. Listen, what the Holy Spirit will do today is that he's going to fill everyone. And from today, he's going to put certain burdens in your heart. Now, that burden is what the Holy Spirit wants you to do for the greater good. Whether it be winning souls, all of us win souls, but whether you're the evangelist on the street or the one that's going to bring to your company, the corporation that you work for, the name of God, the glory of God, that's exactly what you're going to be doing. So the spirit of God wants to occupy again and I believe strongly that he began to say in the place of worship that there's a recreation that he's taking place in the hearts of men today. And God is going to deal with everything that hinders or obstructs the spirit of God from occupying you today. But I need to say these first things because when it comes to the matter of revival, I don't joke with this. I, listen, I, I say it all the time. I'm not a respecter of anybody when it comes to God's word. Anyway, people know me. I, I don't care about anybody. We can be shaking hands up until the time I'm out the stage. Because you see, I've been sitting here I've been praying, Spat Nation has been praying throughout the week. For those that think that finance defines us, you're still way behind. You're still very much blind. Have you seen young people stopping everything to pray every hour of the day? Young people fasting. I heard the story of a young girl, someone that was ordained last week. That what she does is that she's still in school or college or whatever, and she still gets pocket money. You know what she does? I remember when I was in school, my pocket money was to go for chicken burger. Spicy chicken burger. Do you remember when they used to sell that? 
I used to get that, then I'll play pounds out to make more money so I can eat more. But this girl would save her pocket money and then on the weekend, try to bring people to church by buying them Nando's. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. The Bible warned us already of those that will look like they are in the front, that look like they're important. But I think revival will start from the back. I think so. Listen, this camp, this Spat Nation revival must be a dangerous camp. I said to myself, God, I'm tired. I've prayed. And I actually don't have that self-discipline to keep praying. I don't have that self-discipline. In other words, I've seen people preach. I've seen people pray. Talking about revival, revival, revival. And I still yet to see that revival. Almost as if our God is weak. But until I realize that if the burden has occupied your heart so much so, why don't you rise and become the revival? So when I begin, every opportunity I have to speak to you guys, I'm not going to speak on baby level. It's a thing, it's a matter that as we go out there, we are, like Pastor Kevin said when he was given the charge, we are an infection. Everyone I rub shoulders with must, gab, must grab this spirit. It doesn't matter what they're doing. I don't care what life you're living. Because I was praying with some of the leaders earlier before we came here. And we began to pray and God said, not man, God said that in his last days, in the last days, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Now, I will hold that scripture to God. You did not say the person has to be this or that. You just said that you will pour it on all flesh. So when I look at people here, when I say worship, it's because I am preparing your heart today for when the altar call comes, and this altar call is not for new people necessarily, it's for everybody, that the spirit will occupy, will infill, this spirit will overflow in my life. Listen, there's a point by which the spirit you can still control, so to speak. But there's a level by which the spirit will occupy you that he drives you. You know, you can be walking in shallow waters. Water is still present, but you can still walk. But you see, when the water becomes bigger than you, you begin to float. The water carries you. From today, the spirit of God will carry us. Yeah. We're going to see things in this nation like never before. But I must let you know that if we're talking today about new beginnings and a new soldier, I want you to know something that before there's the new, there's the old. And because there's the new, it's probably because the old was ineffective. Are you here with me, guys? I want you to understand whether you're male or female, that once you get into this camp, it is immediate that you're enrolled to this army. This is not church like how well can I dress on a Sunday? No. Church comes, we hear the word of God. I told people every opportunity you bring souls, any opportunity we have to bring souls to a service is just for us to throw and cast the net. These people will be caught whether they like it or not. If, that's a, if that is my one prayer for the rest of my life, so be it. But let me tell you something. I saw SPAC nation in its tens of thousands. Which means we have a lot of work to do. 
And if we're called the Revival Church, let me give you a hint. There's a lot of work we have to do. A lot of responsibility has been put on us because we are the ones that's going to bring the revival. So I start this way just to let you know that this is a serious matter. Please, let's quickly, as we start this church, let's quickly put away all hypocrisy. Let's put away everything that makes us want to pretend on a Sunday morning. Let it be that it is serious. This involves lives. I said to God that, Lord, how can it be that where I am, the young people die more than they live? How? We must be agents of lie, and I'll show you today. But what I want you to be serious is so that you do not find out too late that some of you may be, I pray no one here, but some of you may be a shadow of who is to come. You could be occupying before the person that we catch rises to maturity and take your position. That's why every time I speak, the one thing that I always emphasize on is that I do not care if I'm called a pastor, pastor without the works that prove that I'm a pastor is a waste of time. And it's only time that God will call someone. You know, God does not cast people out. He just replaces you. You will begin to see someone that does the same thing as you, but even better. So why I start like this is because they cannot be prayers and leaders are not present. And when I say leaders, I'm not talking about a small section of people. I'm talking about everyone here because the work of revival must first start with leaders. Everyone here, whether it be your first time, young or old, you are a vessel of this army that God has raised in this time to bring revival to the nation. I said to God that, God, I am David. This nation has spoken evil things about you daily. They speak about how man does not need God any longer. Everything has been provided by the system. Goliath is speaking every day and the people of God are just standing watching but not able to approach. Pastor Toby gave us an order the other day and he said, listen, the way David operates is that he first engages then the spirit comes on his behalf. So I've said to God that God, I will not be fearful of anything. In this nation, there must no nation revival. And it must not be, it must never be. Listen, it must never. Let me say it like this. A revival that we speak of that no longer exists was a failure of a work. Listen to me again. Because when we look at the life of Elijah. It's not when Elijah went that the work of Elijah stopped. No, the spirit of Elijah found another person. It found another vessel, available body to carry on the work. And listen, the work must increase, must double in size. So if Pastor Toby did this much havoc to the United Kingdom, guess what? The sons and daughters are about to tear the place around. We're about to do damage. I was speaking to Pastor Enrique and Pastor Enrique was telling me his plans for youth revival. Listen, we're not going to wait and just be doing Sunday revival. No, revival is every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every single day. 
So for those that were looking, he was talking to me about, yeah, some people can be discouraged about, we haven't been doing monthly uni tours. But then he came up with an idea. And listen, we're going to be doing the youth revival tours, uni tours, and it's going to be much more bigger. In fact, he's already told me that we're looking to take Midlands in the month of March. In the month of March. Now, let me tell you why this is strategic. Young people will never cease from being in university. So when we create a platform there, when we come and interfere, destroy the system of the enemy there, and plant God's kingdom there, there will be souls on repeat, there will be souls coming every year, every year. This nation is about to tear down. God said first, you must uproot, you must tear down before you build. We're going to tear down this infrastructure. Are you here with me? I need you to be aggressive. I need you to be hungry. I need you to be a man that has no sense. Because we must first be dummies to be used. Are you here with me? We are going to take it over. So in March, I believe it's the 1st of March, we're looking for a venue for at least 1,000 people, up to 2,000 people, and we're going to take over. But that's just the university. We're saying in every field now, there are leaders that must find out what they can do to bring God's presence there. There is chaos everywhere. But I began to speak. We went to Birmingham on Wednesday and I began to speak. Yes, Birmingham is in the house. The Lord began to speak to us about the man that will have the spirit of God and that man will be able to bring life to dry bones. He will speak to us in this manner, in this way to let us know that in the beginning there was a way that life will be brought to man. But now, because I have deposited my spirit in man, man now brings life to man. That's why God can never be in heaven and open the heavens and say, I am God, and that will be the way that men will be saved. No. Because dominion has been given to man, a man must come and save man. Jesus must come. But that's not even where we're going, because I was going to go there. But I think that we need to go back to the beginning. Because if there's ever a new beginning, there must be an old beginning. And we must know from that old beginning what went, what went wrong that God had to say that he will do a new thing. Why is it? And now I need you guys to pay attention why this is important for us to heed carefully. It's for this one reason. So we don't make the same mistake. So that, because let me tell you something. I realized the other day that God has done his part. Now he's banking on you and I. I said to myself, no way, in my time of life, I will not fail you. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to shake this nation, I'm telling you. And why I'm speaking like this, because yes, I don't know why people are scared of the word indoctrination. I, I, the Bible tells us of it. No, you must have the same mindset. Why I speak like this is because the words I speak are spirit and life. When you accept it, you begin to take the form of the words I'm saying. Nothing will be able to stop us. 
not finances, not the government, nobody. Nobody will stop us because we're coming as God's great army. But before we start, let me just show you that scripture. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. I know I gave you scriptures, but things change. 2 Timothy. I want us to all have our eyes fixed on the screen. Because God will tell us the manner of man. Today we're speaking about new beginnings and a new soldier. It was in my place of seeking God, asking him, because I'm conscious that when I come here, I'm not coming to speak to appease myself. I'm speaking on behalf of God. And I said it the other time that I'm accountable to two people, Pastor Toby and God. So everything I say, I will have to be able to back up. So it was in this time of preparing of God's word that I realized that man was made for one function. Many people don't see it, but you will see it today that man was actually made to combat against God's enemy. So the formation of man was to be battle ready. But people, some things have sat over people's lives and people no longer know how to fight. But before we go ahead of ourselves, let's read this. When you're there, please read. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Stop there. I'm just showing you this scripture. This is not where we're going, but I'll show you this scripture first and foremost just to tell you this. God has enlisted to us how we need to be as soldiers. He will tell you the things that are able to bring strong men down. You know, in this life, everything will be be presented to you to take care of yourself. You know, that's the normal civilian lifestyle. But you see, soldiers undergo a different, deliberate, hard training. Because should they not be soldiers, a city can crumble any moment. God set us as soldiers because we must be enforcers of his kingdom. We must be the people that bring back order. I said on Wednesday that the disorderly will always cry out for order. And we saw that from the beginning. We're going to the beginning today. From the beginning, we began to see that the disorderly will always cry out for order. That's why more time, people come into God's presence when things are not going right for them. Because man must come to the position whereby they realize that they are unable and they must look to the able God. But before we go there, should God lead us there? Let's go to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Okay, stop there. We have heard about this scripture many times. In fact, if you're not a believer you'll probably be able to quote this scripture. 
God begins to show us the beginning. Man was not aware of this beginning, but God would tell us because if God is telling us the beginning, it means that the beginning is very vital to us. I said it on Wednesday that should the foundations of the righteous man be broken, be scattered, even though you're righteous, there's nothing you could do about it. What can the righteous do if his foundation is messed up? What can a Christian do if they don't realize that they were shaped, they were formed to be soldiers? If you are a Christian and you don't know that you're meant to fight, it doesn't matter how much you call on God, what can you do? That's what the church has become. They call on God, but they're not willing to fight. And that's why the devil seems to have an upper hand over the church. Yet the church is meant to be the most powerful family. The key word here is family. We're meant to be the most powerful. We're meant to reign. In fact, God will not come until he sees that his sons and daughters are reigning. So really, if you love God and you want God to come quickly, reign. Get ready to reign. So the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. And we skip and we jump to verse 2. Pastor Toby has taught us this before. We jump to verse 2 and it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering, brooding over the waters. Here's what I would like to pose to you. Does this then mean that God is able to make calamity? Does this scripture show us or is this scripture trying to tell us that God can create perfection in heavens and therefore chaos on earth? It will make God look like he's double-minded. The Bible will let us know in Psalm 115 verse 15 to 16 that the heavens, in fact, let's go there quickly before we come back there. Psalm 115 verse 15 is on the screen if you don't see it on your phone. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. Okay, now read it in the New King James. May you be blessed by the Lord, who made heaven and earth. So it's established here that God created the heavens and the earth. Follow me, guys. Verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Okay, so from this scripture, we can see why there was a divide in the beginning. Because although God was the one that created the heavens and the earth, the administration of the two was given to two different people. The administration of heaven was left to God. And that's why even though no one here has been in heaven, we can all bear witness that it is perfection. That's why everyone wants to run to heaven. Have you seen heaven? I saw someone say, yeah, okay. <laughs> I love it. Vision is strong in the house. <laughs> heaven, God did not allow anybody other than himself to tamper with heaven. The administration, the running, the keeping of heaven was left in the hands of God. 
But God will have to show us something parallel to that in the beginning that man's administration of earth will eventually lead it to it being void and empty. Will lead it for it to have darkness over it. Our question would now be that if this was in the beginning and if this was before man was created, why is the earth that was formed or created by God, why has it resulted in this way? Go back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Okay, so let's establish something here first. Because the word is very clear. I'm not going to come here with mad revelation or anything. It's very simple. Shortly, I promise you, very shortly we're going to pray. And God is going to look for a man. Because we will see from the beginning that God was still looking for something or someone. But there was a resistance. The Bible says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There were two things over the waters here. Darkness and the spirit of God. But we can see the expression of the spirit of God here. So let me tell you something. Creation has now been bound by darkness. Something happened, and that something, Pastor Toby has told us this many times before, Isaiah 14. Lucifer, who desired to exalt himself even beyond the Most High, he lost the battle to God. That battle wasn't even fair. There was no way he could beat God. Oh, I, you know, I just felt the spirit of Pastor Toby. <laughs> if you're sleeping and you're in front row, it doesn't matter who you are. Or if you're sleeping, the Bible says that Adam slept. Okay, cool. I said it before. We spoke about Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, who had the right to be priests. Problem had it was that they offered a sacrifice before God in a wrong way. And the Bible said that they died in the presence of the Lord. What people don't know is that the reason why... They do not function outside of the churches because they died in the church. Because their offering was tampered. They didn't regard God as holy. I said long ago that me sleeping in church will not happen. Because it means that I see a God and I'm telling him what you're saying means nothing to me. You will die in the presence of God. That's the word of God. It's not me saying it. It's the presence of God. They died before the presence of the Lord. Sorry, we have to speak this way for one reason, guys. Because God has handed a responsibility to us. And you will see it here. He handed, I'm saying that for a reason, he handed a responsibility to us. I will first say this, that if God hands you a responsibility, it's because he believes you can carry out that responsibility. The question is, if there is something that hinders you from doing so, what we need to do tonight is quickly find out that thing uproot it from our lives and then we'll be able to function as God hopes us to function. So from the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We know by the state of heavens that the earth that he created was beautiful. The earth that he created 
was full. It was not empty. It was not void. It had beautiful form. But something happened between verse 1 and 2. Pastor Toby has told us this before. That verse 1 and 2 does not go together. Something happened between that. And now the result stage of whatever happened has caused the earth to be in this form. Now, this is very important because today we're talking about new beginnings and a new soldier. New beginnings, the old was tampered with and the old soldier has now become a fallen soldier. He has become a fallen soldier. He died in battle. On Wednesday, I told you about men who became slain. The Bible was key on that and it said that they had become slain. Something killed them. People that were an exceeding great army, something happened to them and they became a fallen soldier. So now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. So I was saying that what happened here was that Lucifer had rebelled against God and God had cast him out. I think God was trying to show us an order of how things were meant to be that should rebellion come into your camp, you're meant to cast it out. You're meant to overcome it. So when depression comes into your heart or into your life, you're not meant to tamper with it. You're not meant to appease it. You're meant to cast it out. You're meant to realize it quickly that it's not of you. That's not how you were created. And you're meant to say, no, go. You're meant to cast it out. But people play with it. And then they too become fallen soldiers. They become fallen soldiers. However, if we're made in the image and the likeness of God, everything stated of God in the Bible is the way we're to live. So what happened here was that Lucifer had come. So here's the issue. And it will almost seem as if it was unfair. That before men will have the chance, Satan will be present on the earth. Have you ever read the scripture where the Bible says, woe unto man, because Lucifer, the morning star or whatever, has fallen and has come to dwell amongst men. But here's the thing I want you guys to realize. If Satan was present, because it's in the Garden of Eden that we know that Satan was actually present on the earth, yes or no? So if Satan was present, if he is called the prince of darkness, I'll help you for the sake of time. He is called the prince of darkness. He is the agent of darkness. So when we see in verse 2 that the earth was now formless and darkness covered, we know that Satan was present. Here's a question. At that time, was man created or not? Huh? Man wasn't created. Are you sure? Are you sure? No, be confident about your answer. You're right. Man was not created. Man was not created, but listen to this. If Satan was present, and with God seeing that Satan was present on the earth, then God then said in his own mind, you know what? I'm going to create man. I think that would tell me that God sent man or set up man to be the one that destroys the devil. But a lot of people are engaging with the devil. They don't know that, no, this is someone that you're meant to be like God and cast him out. That was the failure of Adam and Eve. They didn't cast him out. They entertained him. They had conversation with him. 
And in fact, let's quickly go to Isaiah 14. Let's see the characteristics of Satan, what he does to a man, quickly. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. Okay, so listen to this. Yes or no, was Jacob a nation? <coughs> was Adam a nation? So what does that tell you about Pastor Indidi? So what Satan did, if he is present, what he's duty to do is simply to weaken a nation. Who you are today looks like an individual, but you are meant to multiply and become a great nation. But what Satan does, he comes to you and he, what he tries to do is to weaken you. Oh God, you're not listening to me though. What he does is that he wants to weaken you. It was in the place of prayer that I realized one thing. I think the ultimate destruction is when a man becomes useless. I remember a conversation at Pastor Rika, you know, he likes to tell me stories. And he was telling me a story about some guy that was a problem in Brixton one time. And now this guy's like in Scotland causing fights at pubs. Someone that used to have people on shake mode. Do you know what's embarrassing? You know, a dead person is not even the worst state, why? Because I know someone here, their friend died, but it was in the death of their friend that they came to Christ. So I noticed that sometimes death can still produce life. What is dangerous is a man that becomes useless. Have you ever seen a tramp before? Have you seen how social, um, society rejects them? They smell, before they speak, Something in you already wants to repel from them. So I know it's what the devil wants to do is weaken a nation, render him useless, and that's actually the ultimatum of destruction. Not death. Christ died and all of us had life. He failed and he killed Christ, thinking that that was the ultimatum, but not knowing that that was what would cause it to spread. So when I say to you that death will produce life, I'm here every day saying, Lord, let me die to myself. Because there's a nation in me that must come out. Mm. So, carry on though. Let's see. Let's see other things about him. How you have fallen from heaven. What verse are you on so it can be on screen? Verse 12. Go on. How you have fallen from heaven. Morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. Okay, so here lets us know what happens. God has cast down Satan to the earth. And we have already established that people will just think that God just one day got bored and lonely and decided to create man. No. Man was his army on earth to destroy the devil. The devil was already had already experienced shame in heaven. And because God is the author of earth, he's the one that created earth, he must also experience shame on earth. But if they will apply the same principles of God, then they will act like God. They will, they will function like God. The problem is that many a times Satan comes as a friend and you befriend him. But carry on. Let's see if there's anything else here. How you are fallen from heaven. Morning star. Son of the dawn, you have been cast down to the earth. 
You who once laid low the nations. Next. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the... I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Those who you see, you stare at, stare at you. They ponder your fate. Is this the man who shook the earth and made the kingdoms tremble? Stop there. You see this quote. This quote was reserved for the revival nation. You know, one thing about the devil, even in your cartoons, the posture or the image of the devil is to bring fear to you. To make you feel like he has power over you and you don't have power. But it will be the revival nation when they uncover the devil for who he really is. They will say, wait, is this the man who shook the earth and made the, kin the kingdoms tremble? When I'm saying to you that we as Revival Church, there's no time. Listen, let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit and why the Holy Spirit will come. I have to ask God, God, I want it to be a hundred people today that you are going to refill with the Holy Spirit. And the first of that hundred is myself. So by no means am I going to say because I'm a pastor, I don't need the Holy Spirit. That's you. But the Holy Spirit, once he comes upon a man, what he's able to do is mind-blowing. In fact, the day of the Holy Spirit, which we are still in that day, as soon as he came, he didn't say, okay, now we're building church. Let's start with 200 and let's grow to 220 before 205, then 250, then 230, then no. As soon as the Holy Spirit came, as if the whole creation was waiting for this moment. I thought you knew your Bible. The Bible says that the whole creation eagerly waits in earnest expectation for the sons of God. When the Spirit of God comes upon a man, he is now adopted to be the son or daughter of God. So even the earnest expectation of creation was waiting for you to receive the Holy Spirit. But even people don't even know what the Holy Spirit can do in their life. But the earth that you're trying to get to yield for you knows that all you need is the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says that, is this the man? This is going to be our confession. The revival church, which is exactly the apostolic church we find in Acts, as soon as the Holy Spirit came, did you not ask yourself, there was about 120 in the upper room, right? As soon as the Holy Spirit came, 3,000 people out of nowhere came. The Holy Spirit draws men to himself. He wants to occupy. Pastor Toby said in our chat today, and of course, you know, we don't know what we're going to say. And he said, bring the sacrifice, the body. You should live as a living sacrifice. This body is the sacrifice. And he will bring the fire, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must be the genesis 
of every church. It cannot be organization. It cannot be how well you sing, how well you preach, how well you dress. Men must be hungry, must be in a time uh, somewhere that they're not even conscious of time and be praying. They need to be earnest. When we say worship, it's not you singing. Even if your neighbor's not singing, you prostrate before God and you say, God, I need you because woe is man. I hope you know once the spirit of God comes upon a man, he's no longer man, he is God. So woe is man when Lucifer came. Yes, that's the case for the world. But for me who has the Holy Spirit, woe is the devil. <laughs> I'm telling you, you see Revival Church, we're about to slap up this nation. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. What will be good for the MP or the PM and whoever is that they become a part of Revival Church or they'll be slapped up. Okay. Is this the man who shook the earth? and made the kingdoms tremble. But let's go back to Genesis 1, because there's still something that each of you, all of us here, must really come to terms with if we're going to be effective. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. So we see darkness, and we see the Spirit of God. We see that they're both over the same element, waters. Yes or no? But let me help you illustrate this because this is the way that it was ministered to me. Here's the earth founded on water and darkness is engulfing the whole earth. The spirit of God is now hovering, going from place to place looking for an entry point to the earth. But darkness is covering, shielding, saying that, no, I've been cast down here. This earth is mine. I'm going to create chaos to God for casting me out. And what happened here was that the spirit of God, adamant on finding someone, was still hovering. But the Bible says that the darkness was over the surface of the deep. There was no entry. So, you see, the creation of man was actually to combat a spiritual warfare. I hope you don't miss me. Man was created a new soldier. Adam was a soldier. The family of God must be an army. The Lord is also known as the Lord of the heavenly host. I'm not an earthly man. I'm a heavenly man. So I'm part of that host. Are you here with me? So what happened here was that Satan was trying to have dominance. The administration of man was, was the earth. And God saw an issue. There was a spiritual warfare in the beginning. And God had to find a solution. He had to find someone. He had to come up with something that would tackle the darkness. But the spirit of God is hovering, looking for entry. But then God realized, okay, I'm going to have to deal with this spiritual problem. God said to himself, listen, the spirit of God is hovering, trying to find entry. But because the devil came first, you know the Bible warns us and says 
that the carnal man came first before the spiritual man. The one destined to destroy. Our flesh destroys us every day. You want to do good, but your flesh doesn't allow you to do good. But that's the one you know first. He came first. And it's almost like every time you're coming to church, the Holy Spirit is dancing over you, hovering over you, trying to find entry, but then your flesh is always denying. It's saying fornicate. He's saying gossip. He's keeping you because he came first. But God must see this as a battle that he must first deal with before man can fight. So what did God do to deal with this issue? Verse 3. And God said, let there be light. Stop there. So the issue for spiritual battles, when I look at a minister Beryl, if there's darkness over her life, the way to deal with it is for her to hear what God said. You missed it. People, you see, the old generation church are jumping from here to here, doing everything other than the word. But it was the words that will create the opening. Darkness will cover. Your depression will cover. Your anger will cover. Your poverty will cover up until God speaks. Now, if the earth will be willing to hear, light will come. But I've said this before. This light cannot be the light in the sky. Because I think verse 14 or 15 or so or 16, the Bible says, let there be firmaments and let there be lights in the sky. Let there be a greater light in the day that will rule by day and a lesser light to rule by night, which was obviously the sun and moon. Yes or no? So what or who is this light that came in the beginning? When God spoke... He said, let there be light. If a man wants to be able to create anything, if a man wants to create chaos into a beautiful object or a beautiful thing, light must first come out of the mouth of God. So light must be the word of God. Light must be the word of God. Now, let's go quickly to John 1. You know the Bible is confusing at times. It says in the beginning in Genesis. Then it says in the beginning in John. There can't be two beginnings. There can't be. So it must be that these two accounts speak of the same beginning. Okay, so in the beginning was the word of God. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Verse 2. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Carry on. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Let's see what that says in the New King James as well. I just like the New King James. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. So, so darkness was operating over creation. Why are we speaking about the earth? I thought we were meant to be speaking about man. Man was created from the earth. We are of dust. So what happened to the earth is what's happening to you and I. So darkness will first reign. Darkness will still will first have its way. Now, listen. Though darkness was over the earth, that still wasn't a problem. 
when man was created for darkness to have reign over the earth, for darkness to be able to reign over the earth, he must conversate with man. In this conversation, man must give up and exchange his dominion mandate. So what happened here, and I need you guys to follow me because the solution to darkness is light. But light has been hidden. In you and I, our generation, we're not going to see creation happen like it happened in the beginning. But recreation will still happen. We just have to identify where everything is. So the Bible says, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness. Now, if the darkness was just darkness, it would have just said, and darkness did not comprehend it. But the makes it a person, makes it specific. The prince of darkness could not understand this light. In fact, in the beginning, the Bible says, let's go back to the beginning. Sorry that we're going back and forth, but let's go back to the beginning. Let's go to after he said, let there be light. So verse 3, start from verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Okay, so up until when God spoke, darkness was able to cover completely the earth. When God spoke, the person called light came. And darkness could not comprehend it. In fact, now there's been an opening and God's now said, light will be separated from darkness. Then creation can start. You'll be thinking, and I know people don't believe it, but this is something that me and the soldiers have been saying for years. That it's going to be in our time that gang, gang activity stops. I understand. Wait, hold on, hold on. I understand that wickedness must in some way continue for there to be a saving power. But for me, this is how I'm going to deal with God. Like, I'm going to say, God, in my time, in our time, gang activity must stop. In fact, there's a time coming that people that are in gangs are going to be intimidated by the church. That's what's going to happen. But, you see, for that to happen... It looks almost like London is occupied by gang activity or teenage pregnancies or just issues along the youth. Yes or no? It looks like um, darkness is raining and with all the activity of church, there's no penetration. There's no like deliverance from this issue. What God needs is a people that can hear word. Then light will come and create an opening. It didn't do away with darkness. It's just that darkness cannot be where light is. So when God says, go out into the world and multiply, he's saying, become light, this dark world, until darkness is hardly seen. So what happened here was that God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. Carry on, let me see if there's anything after that. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning. Now if, now, if you read this in the New King James Version, that's it. Light was given a capital D, so day. If you read your Bible, there are many times that when God is trying to refer to the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will, be start, will start with a capital S. 
It's just to show you that this one is principle. This one is first. This one is more important. With that in mind, I will say to you that if the Bible says God called the light day and the darkness he called night, then it goes and says, so the evening and the morning was the first day. You can already see between the first day, the day that says God called the light day, and when it says, so the evening and the morning were the first day, you can tell that there's a distinguishing factor between these two days. I don't want to lose you here, but what I want to say is that the light, what was called light, was given a name, as if he's a person. So when I say things like, I am revival, we're still waiting for something outside of ourselves to come. No, I am the light. You're not hearing me yet. You are the light. Okay, you're still confused, right? So in the beginning, God had to say it. Then he hid light. I'm about to end here. Then he hid light. Light will no longer be something that was external to the earth. Light will now be hidden in you and I. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians verse five, chapter 5. But concerning the times... Read, and from, the, read from verse 4. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Stop there. I told you, whether you like it or not, the Spirit of God is coming. If you're not ready, he will come to you as a thief. Do you remember a scripture saying that, you know, like, I think there's a person called Christ that will come in a day like a thief. You remember that scripture, right? The Spirit of God, listen, there will be a time, whether man is ready or not, that God will invade. However, before day, before Christ comes, he has left the work for the sons of light. Verse 5. You are all, the, all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Okay, so, so we established that whoever is called day has the ability to have sons. So does that help you to know that day is a person? So we are now light. When we come to our communities, we are meant to bring the opening that the darkness is trying to avoid. There will never be recreation until light becomes present where there's darkness. So there was issues with the old church that the old church will know Christ but still hide themselves. And God had an issue with this. He said, listen, would anyone light a lamp and hide it under a table? But what God wants us to be is bold. He wants us to be bold. He wants us to go out there. He needs the light to shine because if light don't shine, listen, if light don't shine, God's words did not come to that place. God did not speak and opening will not happen. Darkness will still reign until light, until Christ came. The Bible says in, first, um, in John that he is the light of the world. He is the light that came. And in this light, this light is the life of all men. So you see, the fallen soldier, Adam, was a man that didn't realize he was light was a man that didn't realize that God had a purpose. 
was a man that didn't realize that he was even a soldier. He didn't understand the genesis of why he was created, that he was sent to combat the enemy. I can't afford for you and I to have that mindset. We must know that in the place of worship, when we say Livingstone Choir, come on stage, you're not coming to sing, you're not strolling, no, you're about to combat in battle. Because darkness must be got ridden of, it, it must cease. God must create an opening. And until we find that, we will be an issue. So I started to speak on Wednesday and I started to speak about the man called Ezekiel. Started to speak about a man who was taken back to the beginning. And I can't afford to go through all of that, but I want to highlight something to you. Man must realize that they are the solution. This is the one thing I need you to get. They must realize that they are the solution for the spirit to have entry. Listen to me. There are darkness over your lives. There's darkness over our lives. There's darkness over our community. We must hear God's word, which will create the opening. Ezekiel, he was a man like you and I. A man that believed in God and therefore received the spirit of God. And he was taken to a valley one day. In this valley, he will find order laying in disorder. He will find dry bones. I said to the Birmingham Lord on Wednesday that, listen, when you see bones, bones speak of structure and order to you. In fact, without bones, your body will not stand. It will lay in disorder. It will just be like slugs. That's what a lot of people, people are sluggish, you know, like they're, they're still sleeping, still slumbering. They don't understand that they're meant to stand up. So what happened is that bones speak of order, of structure. And God took Ezekiel back to the beginning. This is where I'm going to end because what we're praying for is one prayer. And this is the prayer I've been praying all week. I've not said it to everyone, but this is the prayer I've been praying all week. That Lord, Revival Church cannot start with a bunch of, I'm just using choir because it's example. I can't, Revival Church can't start with a people who know. Because knowledge is what brought the defeat to man. So if you say to yourself, oh, I know how to sing, I know how to do this. That's when the devil reigns. Before he ate the, the fruit, he was still in God. After he ate the fruit of knowledge, then he was of the devil. So, is he, this, this prophet came carrying the spirit of God carrying the life giving spirit came to a valley, a despised place a desolate place we saw in Ezekiel 33 that the Bible says, listen, the Bible says that I will cause these desolate places to be like the garden of Eden and why was that important because the garden of Eden will still be the one place that God creates man he will create man in this garden, now what will happen now is that Ezekiel was taken and God said to him, can these dry bones, can this order receive order again? Can these dry bones rise? Can they live again? And the prophet would say to God, God, you alone know. I showed the people that was with us in Birmingham and there's a reason why I'm repeating this. I need you guys to hear this. That when he said this, when he said you alone know, the reason why he said you alone knows because only God was present when man was first created. So he don't have the capacity to know because he wasn't there. In fact, he was being created 
in the body of Adam. Listen to me because it's going to be very vital that we have these truths in our heads, in our hearts, and in our spirit. That now, God now began to teach Ezekiel how to create man, how to form man. And Ezekiel will now say, um, God will say to Ezekiel, now call the breath to come, fill man. And long story short, man was created, the body was attached to the bones, tendons, flesh, everything. That's not my point. My point was that the dead, the despised, the one that looked like had no hope, was actually God's exceeding great army. No, the reason why I brought this up wasn't to remind you of a preaching. If you was not there, it wasn't for you, maybe. The point here is to let you know that when we evangelize, we're actually bringing God's army back to him. When we bring them into the house of God, the spirit of God through the words which carry spirit and life is reawakening God's army. No, you don't get it because this sounds like preaching to you. I'm speaking very plain to you. We cannot take over unless God's army is here. You cannot do it by yourself. We cannot do it by ourselves. It must be that we gather these bones that has been despised. I said that the valleys are like Brixton, are like Peckham. You know the place where you just leave people to rot away. I told you already, the worst case is not actually death. It's becoming useless. So these bones were not buried like they should be if they were dead. They were just left there. Like many of our brothers and sisters are left. Now what we need to do is that we realize from the beginning, from the beginning that we are actually sent to deal with a spiritual combat. A spiritual battle. Darkness against the spirit of God. Now when we have the word of God, there's an opening. There's an opening for light to come, for God's words to prevail. I'm saying this for one reason guys. I sat with my brothers years ago. Listen to me. I sat with my brothers years ago. Pastor Toby, I've sat and I've listened to him. And I've realized if a man can be that dude diligent and say for 13 years I've not gone on a holiday, shall I tell you why? Because he's not the fallen soldier. He's the new soldier. He understands why he was formed. And he understands now that in his formation, that Adam in the beginning who was laying formed, yet with no breath and therefore could not function, he received breath. Pastor Toby, who has now been formed, has received breath, received the spirit of God. For that reason, now he can give that spirit to other dead. I don't know how your heart is about revival. Because revival cannot be, cannot be me or any leader encouraging you. The tangible thing about the bones receiving life was that they didn't receive the spirit and then was taught how to be an army. No, their receiving of the spirit made them an army. Why am I saying that? There are people here, including myself, who thinks we need to know to be able to do. God says you just need to contract the spirit. You don't need to know how to pray. You don't even need to know God's word yet. What you need to know is that today, darkness was trying to reign. God's word has come and light has come. For that reason, now creation can start. There can be recreation in our lives again. 
I want us to all be on our feet and we're going to intercede in a moment. If you're coming up, don't, you're coming for battle. I want us to understand this, guys. The revival must start. The genesis of every church must first start with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is hovering, looking for a man, looking for a woman. When he said that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, he did not exclude sinners. He did not exclude those that don't know about the word. He said all. I want us, and this is how we're going to start. We're going to enter a moment of worship. Then I'm going to make a call for those who wants to receive the Holy Spirit in a new way. Only because I'm holding the mic is why I'm on the stage. I am the first person of that altar call. That's the truth. I've seen it in scripture that the church will ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit over and over again. And they will receive. What we need, my whole point with this, guys, if we need to take over, what we need to take over is not structure. It's not what you know. It's not your expertise. No, it's the spirit of the living God. All knowledge is deposited in him. And all I need to do is be present and ready to receive. Are we ready to receive today? No, that sounds like five people are ready. Are you ready to receive today? If revival is going to break out in this nation, it's already been spoken, which means light has already been brought here. Now, the Spirit of God looks for the man that he will do it with. I've said to myself, no more. Pastor Toby has given us this call, this commission. I said to him the other day, we will not let you down. We will do a work. Pastor Onye told me about something. And what he told me, I know already that in this revival church, God is going to do some crazy things that people will say, are these people drunk? I think that sounds like the apostolic church. We're going to shake this city. And we're going to break out to places like Birmingham, to Northampton, to Leicester. I heard we're going to Manchester. Everywhere in this nation, God's glory will flood this place like never before. I want us to raise our hands. We're going to worship for a moment and at that moment after we hit a certain place of worship, this is why I need the choir to be on point. And I need all of us here to understand why we worship. When we worship, we're... Uh, take it down. Take it down a bit. Let me help you. I've said it and I'll always say it. God is on a manhunt. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that the ones that God is seeking are the ones that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So the spirit of God is still hovering, looking for the man. But let me tell you what helps the spirit of God to find you. Your worship. When we worship in this moment, forget please. And you know why I say this is because it's very easy for you to hear it but not do it. Forget that you're ordained. I've seen and I've heard of many men of God who are very ineffective. If you want to be effective, receive the Holy Spirit. Be desperate. Be hungry. Always want more. 
it's only God's manner that you will eat, eat, and still be hungry. It's only God's word that you'll be hungry every time you still eat. Don't be full too early. I want you to raise your hands and begin to offer words of adoration. Begin to worship him. As we're worshiping, we're interceding. The darkness is being separated. A light has come. A light has come. Living stone, I need you to worship. Oh Lord, you reign.